Welcome to Coming Out of the Spiritual Closet with your host, me, Brittany Wittig. Join me every week to explore and demystify the world of modern spirituality. This week, I interview Arielle Martone, a physical therapist, yoga teacher, and postpartum wellness coach. And Arielle shares vulnerably about her own experience with postpartum depression and how it motivated her to start helping other women with the postpartum period. And what Arielle shares here is so unique. It's really an interesting look at the postpartum period, how powerful that time is, and how it can actually be a transformational portal for growth if you allow it to be. So without further ado, here's Arielle. Welcome back, everyone. Ariel, I am so happy to have you on the podcast this week. Welcome. Thank you, Brittany. I'm really excited to be here. And I guess we'll just get started um, with a very simple question. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Ariel. I am a mother to two. I'm a wife. Um, I have been a physical therapist for over a decade, and with that, I am a neuroclinical specialist. So I've pretty much been in every setting possible for physical therapy, with the exception of like pro sports performance. Um, But otherwise, I've kind of done a little bit of everything, home care, outpatient. um, But my, my main focus for a while was was the neuro population and working in rehab type settings. Loved it. Absolutely loved the work that I did and eventually needed to shift and change as life happens. Um, yeah. As I was, you know, very career focused, very career driven early on, my husband and I kind of started our family a little bit later. Like we were married for about 10 years before we were like, okay, let's try to have kids, <laughs> which ah! for some people seems like an eternity, like eight years is not a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, or I guess maybe it was eight years until we were pregnant. Uh, uh, we're around there. Anyway, it was a while. We were together yeah. for a long time beforehand. And we ended up struggling with having kids. So we went mm-hmm. through a whole long infertility process. And that was about four years. So you know, it's <laughs> that whole timing piece, right? You like think yeah. you wait for like the timing to be great. You have your career going, you're in, in the right spot mentally, or so you think. Um, and yeah, we were kind of thrown for some huge hurdles, ended up working out very well. We now have two beautiful children through who we've had through IVF. <laughs> we we joke that they are kind of like X-Men babies because of course we think they're incredible. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, I love that. You know, there may or maybe not be some truth there. I don't know. Um but yeah, so I that kind of led me into shifting my career a bit because we both had very, you know, hourly demanding jobs, long hours, long days, you know, never really out when you think you're going to be. And I knew that once I had kids, I did want to take some amount of time to be home with them. Um, and so through that, I ended up having uh, a bit of a identity shift. <laughs> and 
I don't want to say an identity crisis per se, but it was very hard to adjust to my new role and my new identity as, you know, taking a pause from, you know, from my professional role and stepping into this new role as a mother. Um, With my son, I had, you know, a little bit of struggling. I think postpartum is never easy. Um, But with my daughter, with my second, I had a much harder time or the harder time lasted longer. And I ended up having postpartum depression and postpartum rage. Ended up working my way through that, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit. Um, But that was really kind of the catalyst that changed my direction from wanting to work in a clinical setting to wanting to work more specifically with postpartum women and providing them the care that I think that they need and that they deserve and that, frankly, that I needed um, postpartum and really kind of shifted my direction um, from being a full-time physical therapist or even, you know, part-time because that's kind of the trajectory that motherhood was taking me, um, shifting from that work into relying more on my yoga background, you know, as well as my physical therapy background. So bringing both of those things in together um, and really kind of creating a space and a new role as a postpartum wellness coach um, and as really being a more you know, hands-on full-time mother. So kind of marrying the two and identifying, you know, right now at the stage a little bit more as mom first, but then also as, you know, finding my identity in my new career shift as well. Cool. Oh, it's so interesting. Yeah. I, so I'm not a mom myself. Um, of course I have many, many friends who are moms and I just love this topic because I think there's, it's so needed. I think it's so needed. I don't think I know. I don't think I have any, um, mom friends who didn't struggle with postpartum in some way. And so this is just brilliant. I love that you're doing this. It's so needed. And your background just, it's perfect. It just feeds right into it. It's so wonderful. Um, yeah, it's kind of transitioned nicely and in a way that I really wasn't expecting or anticipating at first at all. It kind of happened very rapidly for me. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. It's just kind of meant to be. Yes. Yes. You talk about how new moms need to take time to heal their mind and their body um, after they have the baby. So could you speak to that a little bit and what you mean by that? Sure. So I think that all new moms need to take time to heal, regardless of if they are kind of diagnosed or labeled or put into a box of having something wrong with them. Um, And I think that's for a couple of different reasons. One, I don't necessarily find, you know, those type of labels to be super helpful when you're struggling. Um, You can kind of then cling on to that a little bit too much sometimes, and it's hard to then move, move forward with that. Yeah. Um, because I feel like we, we all cling on to our labels and our roles and identities so, so tightly. We hold on to them so tightly that, you know, the slightest shift, you know, going from being a physical therapist to then being a mom was, that was a huge <laughs> title change, huge shift for me. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with any, any kind of 
identity that we're holding on to. You know, when we're put into a box or into a label, then we kind of create our identity around that a little bit. Um, so I don't yeah. think that that's always super helpful. Um, and especially in my case too, you know, when I look back at the postpartum phase of my son who was difficult, but it wasn't, I wasn't diagnosed as postpartum, you know, having postpartum depression, looking back on it, there are so many similarities. And I feel like probably I was to a certain extent. Um, it didn't last as long, but it was definitely more than those like first two to four weeks that they say the baby blues could last. So, you know, it's, it, I feel like they're really blurry lines as to like, when is something, you know, a problem and labeled or not. Yeah. Um, but more so, you know, than that is that postpartum itself, you know, the act of giving birth is such a huge, huge transition um, that I think we do need to heal from it, even if we think we are, again, you know, not labeled or diagnosed as having a problem, but just, you know, what our body went through to have that baby, whether it was a vaginal delivery or a C-section, um, you know, a planned or emergent, you know, whatever, you know, your body physically needs to heal from that, even if there wasn't necessarily a problem. And I think that's a huge piece that's just skipped over because it's like, oh, childbirth. That's not like, clearly everybody has to do it. Like, that's just a normal thing. So let's, you know, take a couple of six, you know, those six weeks, and then you're, you're moving on with life. Um, but we don't necessarily treat our body in a way that really allows for that healing to happen. Generally speaking, we kind of don't give it permission to not be the same and to, to need a little bit more time. And then also with, you know, the mental and emotional piece, you're thrown into a huge new role. So there's that identity shift that needs to happen. You need to mourn a little bit the loss of your old self, because I think even no matter, you know, no matter how much you want your life to be similar. And I would say, you know, my husband and I, we really do our best. Our kids are kind of just they're so tag along with the life that we have, like we include them with everything and we do a lot of the same things, but, but still like how we do it, it how it looks, it's, it's different. It changes a little bit. Um, so there's always going to be, you know, somewhat that morning, that loss of like your free time, you're, you know, enjoying what you did, even if you're not taking, you know, an extended maternity leave, if you're having, you know, any amount of time away from what you typically associated so strongly with, especially if you really loved what you did and worked really hard to get there, you know, there is that, that shift there. Um, and, you know, our, our hormones, our brain, all of that changes and it takes some time to get back to it. And I think that when we don't acknowledge that and don't allow for that time to say, okay, I'm different right now than I was. And some things are going to go back, but some things are permanent changes. And now how can I move forward with those changes uh, and really allow ourselves to heal and recover and then, you know, move forward. I think we kind of do ourselves a disservice. Mm, yeah. Oh, the grieving is so important. I feel like throughout our culture, we avoid grieving transitions over and over so and over much. and over. Even, even the traditional grieving of like someone dying, we often don't allow ourselves the time and space necessary. And I just love that you brought up grieving the old self and the old way of being in the world, because yeah, I mean, 
having a baby is huge. It's a huge yeah, transition. And yeah. And it's an exciting transition. And I think because of that, we feel like, you know, we have a hard time holding two things as true. I'm especially, you know, yes. when, you, when you see a toddler, like they can't do it at all. And that's why they like fluctuate from, you know, freaking out that the cup was blue and they wanted purple. And then all of a sudden they're elated because something else just happened um, to a less extent. But, you know, all it's still there that we still have a hard time kind of holding two truths that, yes, I can be so excited for this new transition, maybe a little bit scared about it too. So maybe three truths here, you know, that you're excited, you're a little bit nervous and scared of like what's to come because, you know, we don't know. Um, but then, yeah, also that, that grief and that loss of, you know, I really liked who I was before. So how do I make that work? And am I still the same person? Maybe, maybe not, but I, you know, Either way, I don't think that that's a bad thing, but it definitely takes time to kind of sit with and move through and allow all of that to process. Mm, I love that. And yeah, again, and another piece that comes up for me is just allowing ourselves to authentically accept whatever emotions are happening for us, even if they're not mm -hmm. the emotions that we think we should, I'm using air quotes here <laughs> that we think yeah. we should be feeling. Yeah. I think there's a lot of pressure when there's a new baby. Um, culturally, it feels like there's a lot of pressure for it to be all good, all excitement. That's it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's really interesting. So the postpartum period, um, can you have talked about how it can catalyze your journey to embody your true self. And I love this because this is like, you're speaking my language here <laughs> yeah. and why it's essential to address the mind body connection postpartum. So I love that. How, how can this catalyze your journey to embody your true self? Ooh. Yeah. So it, it did for me. And I find that it really can for others as well, because it, I feel like in order to really commit to that self-discovery piece a lot of times it happens when we're least expecting it or when something really difficult happens and comes up and kind of forces us to stop that automatic um you know that automatic routine that we're in of like this is what i do every day i get up i do these things this is my my role in work and you know maybe i do these couple of activities that i enjoy and then it kind of just cycles over and we get so kind of just caught up in it and and we don't really kind of stop and think about like where we're really fitting into all of that necessarily mm. and postpartum and once you give birth I feel like it just it literally just like cracks you open <laughs> you are I feel like you are at your most raw state um you know both physically and mentally emotionally you're you know you're exhausted your hormones are all over the place you're dealing you're dealing with so much and it it forces you to re-examine everything um, from, you know, how you want to parent, how you want to show up day to day. It forces you to start to really think about, um, you know, what your core values are, because those really kind of reflect into how then you're going to want to parent and how, you know, how you want to show up every day. 
Um, and so I feel like because of that, in order to, for me, in order to really like move through it, um, and again, why I, I think it's so important that we allow that time and allow that time to heal, it, we really need to kind of sit with ourselves um, and sit with our thoughts and kind of break everything down. You know, a lot comes up after having a baby, you know, again, physically and emotionally. Um, but to the emotional piece, uh, you're going to notice, you know, again, that you're you know, exhausted or that certain things are triggering you a lot more than you really ever noticed before. Uh, and yeah, you may be more irritable because your hormones are kind of going all over the place, but that's still, it doesn't negate the fact that those things are bothering you. And so it, it's really beneficial to kind of sit with that and see like, where is this all coming from and kind of digging in and doing some more, um, you know, like inner child work, um, doing some shadow work and, and acknowledging like the not so pleasant parts of yourself when you're, you know, feeling a bit angry or frustrated and knowing why and knowing that that's okay. Um, so I feel like because of all of that, it really forces you again to like dig in, come to terms with the messiness of the whole situation that you're in, you know, with yourself, but then also in this new situation of just figuring everything out. And then, you know, the literal mess that happens with having children and having your baby grow um, and it's just starting to get comfortable with that and, you know, moving forward from there again, in a way that feels really good. Um, and in a way that you can do it so that you're not bogged down with all, you know, what's again, quote unquote, normal uh, mom guilt, or, you know, that mom guilt and shame piece that we kind of just normalize so much, or that feeling like a hot mess mom all the time. Like, I feel like that's just so normalized. And it is very common, but there is another way. And if you, you know, take the time to really sit with everything, do the work, and really kind of get to know yourself again and re-identify yourself in a way that feels good to you now in this role. And maybe taking some of the pieces from, you know, what you were doing before, but then, you know, moving forward with that, I think that it can really, you know, allow you to move forward in a way that feels good to you. And then again, and you can kind of say, okay, like, yeah, I feel that guilt coming up because I think that I should have done this or that, but you can kind of pause it, go back to you again, like what your values are, where were your intentions there and kind of push that guilt aside and be like, okay, I feel it. I, I see maybe I could, you know, do this a little bit differently next time so that it aligns better with, you know, what my values are and how I want to show up, but I'm not going to you know, I'm not going to harp in that. I'm not going to let that guilt, you know, snowball into shame. And then this mm. like self-deprecating cycle that kind of happens over and over again. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Guilt, guilt is productive. Shame is not for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's some Brene Brown there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> uh -huh. Um, so I'm just curious when you were going through this process for yourself, were there any, like, was, were there like some big aha moments or were there any, like, what were some shifts or realizations that you had? Are there any that you'd be able to share? Yeah. So I think going through it myself, um, I would say 
it, it definitely took me some time to get there first. Sure. Um, I noticed, you know, some of the physical changes first, um, you know, I had some pelvic pain that I was dealing with also mm -hmm. postpartum and because of, you know, my background in physical therapy and knowing, kind of knowing what to look for and, and having a pretty good connection um, to my pelvic floor and inner core prior to um, having kids, I was, you know, I was aware of it more in tune with it. And I knew that it wasn't normal, even though mm -hmm. having pelvic pain um, with intercourse specifically is a really common thing after having a baby, oh. um, that it's not normal. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and okay. So, uh, and there's things that you can do to, to fix it. So I knew that. Um, I also knew that I really wanted to get back into running because for me, that's kind of like where I clear my head, where I do my best thinking, um, my like, you know, my outlet, my stress relief. Yeah. So I knew that I needed to put in the work there. Um, and I saw, I did see a pelvic floor therapist for two visits. Um, she was great, confirmed a lot of what I was thinking. And I kind of moved forward, you know, with my rehab on my own because while I loved her and enjoyed going, getting to that appointment <laughs> with oh, having bet. a baby and a toddler at home and not having, you know, the flexibility of having all this childcare support, yeah. <laughs> you know, at my fingertips ready when I needed it. Um, it just made it really difficult. So I, you know, fortunately I was lucky enough to know what I needed to do after my two visits with her to really kind of take myself from that place of having, you know, that discomfort to being in a place where, you know, I no longer had the pain and then was able to get to the point of really returning to the workouts that I wanted to do for my headspace. Um, mm -hmm. And it was probably when I had started running again, which was, I think it was right around 14 weeks postpartum at that point. Um, because even though we're cleared at six weeks for basically everything, we're like given the green light wow. at six weeks, um, in order to return to higher level activities such as like running or, you know, if you're doing a lot of high intensity, um, or CrossFit, like for running specifically, it should be 12 weeks that you're waiting. Um, and you can kind of extrapolate that if you're doing another exercise or activity like running, that it may you know, be closer to that 12 week timeline versus the six week timeline to really, again, that's because our body needs to heal. Things need to shift back into place. You know, we need to address, you know, the tension in our pelvic floor as well as the weaknesses and do all of that to really prepare ourselves, build up that foundation first. Um, so it was while I was getting back into running that I really started to notice more of the mental emotional state that I was in uh, and that I needed to really address that as well, um, which kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, the importance of the mind body connection and how, you know, feeling into our body and really being present in our body can have a huge impact on, on our mind and the way that we're feeling. Oh, absolutely. That is definitely the truth. That has certainly been my experience in life. Mm -hmm. Um, so was there anything so that's really, that's really interesting. I feel like that's such good information. There's so much that's just not commonly understood or known actually about the postpartum period, which is 
so interesting because like you said, it's everybody has babies. I mean, almost everybody. So it's yeah. wild to me how much of it is still kind of shrouded in like, like blurriness and, um, I don't know. It's all, it's all still a little foggy. Like what's really supposed to, what's normal in that period. So another curiosity question you, did you find, was there anything like mentally or emotionally that you discovered about yourself or that shifted as you went through this period? Like maybe like your values or were there anything, any things that changed like that, um, in your, yeah. in this period? Yeah. So I would say I shifted, I started to shift into just really having more, um, compassion for myself, mm. more understanding for myself. Um, I would say I was, you know, being kind of career driven and motivated in that way prior to having kids. Um, you know, I had some perfectionist tendencies. I was definitely very hard on myself. Um, and going through this, it brought a lot of that up and how unhelpful that is. Um, you know, maybe it served me well, some of the time moving through my career, you know, going through grad school and moving through my career, but it really doesn't. I, it really wasn't serving me well on the whole uh, and definitely not in motherhood for sure, mm -hmm. because, you know, if there's, yeah. <laughs> there's no way to be that perfect mother and having such high expectations. And that doesn't mean that you like just completely drop the ball and are like, whatever, but you know, just giving myself more permission to like move through things with a little more ease, a little more grace and, and not, you know, starting to value the the importance of being present a little bit more and not always thinking of like that next step, that next thing. And again, there's, you know, there's space for that sometimes, but yeah. that always thinking of the next step, especially early on in motherhood mm -hmm. and in that postpartum period can kind of spiral into some anxiety because there's so much that's unknown. And when we kind of keep jumping forward into more unknown, that can make us a little bit more anxious. Uh, and we're already wired to be more anxious as new mothers. Um, our brain changes, our amygdala grows. So we're, we're kind of generally more heightened and more alert so that it's really easy to fall into that trap of anxiety because we're wired. We're kind of wired for it. Um, wow. So, yeah. So I would think, I would say that that has been the biggest shift for me overall was just, is just really giving myself more permission um, and, you know, and staying present a bit more. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, those are, those are huge things. Like those are big yeah. shifts to make for sure. Like that, yeah, that's really powerful stuff. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. So if someone is listening and maybe they're pregnant or maybe they're in the postpartum phase, or maybe mm -hmm. there's, it's just, you know, someone who knows that they're planning to get pregnant. Um, what can someone do? What can a mom do, um, to thrive postpartum? 
what are some steps that they can take? So I would say if you're, if you're pregnant and, or expecting and haven't had the baby yet, definitely make a postpartum plan. So make the postpartum plan with the same enthusiasm that you make your birth plan or that you (laughs) create your registry list with because new moms, you know, myself included, you get so excited. Oh, I want to, you know, thinking of all the things that the baby is going to need. And what they really need is a mother who is well cared for. Oh, yes. That is, that is it. That is probably the only, sure, maybe some clothes, especially if it's a colder environment, whatever. But what they really need is a mom who's well cared for. It impacts them tremendously. Um, So make a postpartum plan. And with that, you know, you want to really look at how much time can you take away from, from work. And, you know, some women know that they want to take an extended leave or kind of shift into more of a part-time. If you're really not thinking about that and you think that you're only going to take, you know, the 12 weeks, or if you can really, you know, if you can only take even a shorter amount of time that you're allotted, look into it a little bit more and see if there's any way that you can get creative to give yourself a little bit more time um, to stay at home. Because I think that it's really important and it allows you that time to kind of allow yourself to heal. Um, So look at, look into that. Um, Also with creating your postpartum plan, reach out to your support networks. And I mean, you know, both professionally and also, you know, family and friends that are in the area and see if you can come up with some type of schedule. Uh, Very early on, a lot of moms don't necessarily want to have a million people over. It can be really overwhelming. So think about, you know, think about how you are and if that seems like it's something that would be helpful to you or not. And be clear about your expectations before you have the baby, because afterwards you're not necessarily really going to be in the mindset to do that and to stand firm in your boundaries. So kind of set that up beforehand, but take people up on their offers of if they're going to help you or if they're willing to help take them up and be clear in what you're going to need help with. Um, You know, so if someone just generically says, oh, let me know if you need anything after the baby say, yes, I do. Why don't you, it'd be great if you could make me a couple of meals and have some frozen meals stacked in your freezer or, you know, every couple of weeks, if you can come over and, you know, help out with laundry or, you know, whatever task it is that you think that you're just going to be, you know, so overwhelmed with, um, offload as much as you can of that. And I know, you know, that sounds like, it sounds like, a really hard thing, at least for me, the thought of it um, can be a little bit hard to swallow asking for help, admitting that you're going to need a little bit of help, that you're not going to be able to do it all on your own. Because you feel like, again, if you have been a driven, motivated person before, you're going to be like, I got this, I can do it. But, you know, offload what you can, take up your, you know, your family and friends who are offering support. And then also, you know, reach out to you know, your family and friends and take them up on their support and, and suggest it as well. If, if you're feeling bold enough to do so, they're not going to mind, but then also reach out to some professional support. So, you know, really talking with your doctor about a postpartum plan, 
beforehand say, you know, I want the six week follow-up. What are your thoughts on having another follow-up at 12 weeks? Because it is actually recommended that women are followed up at, through at least the 12 week mark, even though we never get that visit. Um, so talk to them, see if that's something that your insurance will cover. And if that's something that you think would be helpful to you, um, it, it definitely can't hurt. It's going to be, you know, we have so many visits for our newborn baby right afterwards. We have so many visits during our, throughout our pregnancy. And then afterwards we have that one visit at six weeks usually, and that's it, wow. you know, so pre-schedule or have those discussions of like, okay, I want that six week appointment, but what, what are your thoughts on a 12 week? And can we kind of set that up and look into that? Talk to your doctor or start looking into um, having a, a pelvic floor physical therapist or, you know, joining a program that is specifically designed with your pelvic floor in mind and not that is not just a strengthening or weight loss program because those things aren't going to be helpful right away. Um, you really want to make sure that you're allowing that time to heal your pelvic floor before you just move into the strengthening aspect. Um, so if you're prone to depression before, or if you have any signs of depression or postpartum beforehand, um, or if you went through IVF, you're at a higher risk of having postpartum depression. So again, talk to your doctor about these things beforehand and have someone lined up that you may or may not need to call, um, and have that appointment with, but at least you've started the process before you give birth. Um, so I think the more that we can really start to set up a really solid postpartum plan, the better. Uh, if you've had your baby already and you're in that postpartum phase, and that can be anywhere from like just having your baby through really that first year. I like to say like, if you're still feeling postpartum, you are postpartum because there are so many, you know, we said postpartum is that period of time after having a baby until you're back to your pre-baby self whatever that means. So if you're physically not there, mentally, emotionally not there, a lot of times, you know, the changes that we mentioned in our brain, there are brain changes that are noted two years after having a baby. So, you know, if, can we say that six uh -huh. weeks is really the cutoff for postpartum? Um, so if you're feeling postpartum, if you're noticing those symptoms of either having postpartum depression, anxiety, rage, if you're noticing any of the physical symptoms of having, I mean, and it can be a huge gamut of, you know, new back pain, hip pain, pelvic pain, um, urinary leakage, or, you know, or incontinence, all of those things that are kind of considered common or are common and considered normal and just, you know, this is my life now. It doesn't have to be. So, so start start looking into what you can do to address it because you don't need to be stuck there. Mm -hmm. um, so having, you know, if you didn't set up your postpartum plan or if you did, you know, be open and willing to shifting it. Uh, and I would say really, you know, checking in with your expectations was a huge thing for me um, of what you're expecting from yourself and kind of give your, again, give yourself grace and see like, am I meeting these expectations, but are these expectations even really valid? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, would, would I ever be able to meet these expectations or is this just not, 
in the cards right now in this moment and, you know, trying to be okay with that and, and doing the work to get through that, whether it's, you know, setting up a meditation practice or resuming a yoga practice or, you know, any type of mindfulness practice journaling, or then just doing, you know, more of the physical piece of it. Um, but of course my, my, um, thing that I would say is really doing both, whether or not you think you need both, because it will, they play off of each other so much. Yes. Oh, and what comes up as you share all of this is just, again, like what a huge opportunity for growth. All of this is, you know, I think about Mm -hmm. like reaching out to friends and family and saying, I need help. And yes, how like, (laughs) yeah, how hard and how difficult that can feel. And what a huge, like what a huge opportunity for growth to actually do it, to actually Mm -hmm. push your comfort zone and do that. That's amazing. And yeah, just all of this, um, digging into your mind and body connection. I love the advice for making your postpartum plan as enthusiastically as you make your birth plan or your registry. That's brilliant advice. And what you said about what the baby needs most is, you know, a healthy, well-cared-for mother is just Mm -hmm. brilliant. It's so, so true, right? Like you, it's almost like when you're in an airplane, right? And like they talk about, you know, if the oxygen masks come down, you need to put your own mask on first. Like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself first so that you can be fully doing what you need to do for the baby. Right. So I just, Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I feel like you can't stress it enough. And I like to tell new moms all the time, like, you know, you're inherently worthy of feeling good for yourself because you are, but a lot of times that falls flat, especially when you're really in that postpartum phase. Cause you're like, yeah, 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 I'll I'll get to that. Right. But when it, when you really think about it and for me, when I, you know, as I started to get back into running and started kind of reconnecting a little bit and, and realizing, you know, that this isn't necessarily just the normal baby blues. And even if it was, do I want to feel like this anymore? Um, you know, once I started really noticing that and, you know, maybe had some gentle nudges from my husband as well to kind of really address it, it wasn't until I really thought about the impact and, you know, and looked into the impact that it would have on my kids that I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta make this work. I have to start taking care of myself because I want them, you know, you know, I think as mothers, we always want our kids to have the best. Um, so I I was like, it, it starts, it starts with me and not that I'm the best mom or going to be the best mom. In fact, like I've, I've let that go a while ago and I feel really good about it. (laughs) That's awesome. Not even that, like, yeah. And not even that, like, oh, I'm going to be the best mom for my babies because I feel like you hear that a lot too. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) But I am their mother flaws and all. And I think that, you know, as long as you're again, really taking care of yourself, you're going to make mistakes, owning up to those mistakes, repairing when those mistakes have happened, all of those things that really do take a lot of growth and a lot of, you know, kind of insight that if you're just moving through the day to day, like you can kind of Mm. forget about or, or, you know, not really think about so much. I love this. There's such a message of like self-compassion baked into this and it just, it's beautiful. I love it. 
If someone is listening and they would like to work with you, how can they do that? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So I, I created the postpartum revolution. It was, uh, the, basically the way that I pulled myself out of you know, my postpartum depression and rage and you know, worked through my pelvic pain. Um, so I, I created the postpartum revolution. It's eight weeks and it really addresses both the mental and the physical components of healing after having a baby. Um, to really allow you to kind of reconnect your mind and body and move forward to really re-identifying yourself and feeling, you know, really strong and really confident in who you are so that, and, and who you're becoming, right? Because we're, you know, as mothers, we're always, whereas people were always becoming, but as, as mothers, we're always becoming too with every new stage. Um, so like if you're, if you're ready to stop, you know, the late night Google searches of how to do this, <laughs> that or the other thing, and really trust your parenting instincts and get back to feeling really connected with your partner again, um, you know, all of that starts with you. Yeah. And so if you're ready to, you know, to stop doubting yourself, stop second guessing yourself and really kind of owning who, you know, owning what you want and who you are and moving, moving through that confidently, then reach out to me and you'll have the link. It's, you can find at findyourwaymama.com slash postpartum revolution and join there. There's a coaching component or one-to-one, um, depending on your level of, you know, your level of need and desire. I know different people like different things. So it's, it is there for you based on your, your comfort level and your need. Um, and if you're not quite ready for that, then there's going to be a link also for like a mini series that's just kind of going from exhausted to energized without sleep training. Ooh, cool. Okay. That sounds amazing. So I will definitely have those links in the show notes, um, as well as any other way people can get in touch with you. So just head down to the show notes and all of that will be there for you. This has been amazing. Ariel, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you, Brittany. It's been great chatting with you. All right. And thanks everyone for listening. I will catch you next week.